You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. All right, it's the Storm Tracker Podcast here. I'm Marcus Benjamin, chilling with my guy, Frank Tucker, representing the Crib, South Florida. And this is live from the Crib on Wednesdays. Wednesdays from the Crib, I should say. Uh, we're going to do this feature every Wednesday to preview the upcoming high school football games and college football games once the season starts. And we're getting close, closer week by the week here. Make sure you subscribe to canescounty.com, part of the Rivals Network. Also subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Canes County. And also follow us on social media as well as far as uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow us on our handles right there. You can see right there on the screen. And Frank, uh, we are in commit zone. It, it's commit month. You know, every day uh, somebody's committing somewhere. Uh, but we haven't seen a lot of players uh, commit to Miami as of uh, yet. Uh, we had some, you know, uh, players from that Miami Gardens Ravens team are steadily committing uh, to Miami. Uh, but we should see some more possibly in the future. But um, last weekend we were at the 2-2 Atwell 7-on-7 tournament. Got to talk to a lot of the top prospects that were out there. Some five-star, four-star, three-star prospects. A lot of them interested in Miami. Uh, we wrote a couple of articles on some players including Jeremiah Smith, JoJo Trader. Well, no, we, did, we didn't get the JoJo Trader, but we did talk to him. Um, Zaquan Patterson and LeWayne McCoy. So what, what's the buzz or what, what, what's the sense that you got from leaving that tournament of players that are moving towards committing to Miami? Well, Miami's in a really good spot, and I think one of the big reasons why is they took Ryan Mack, and that that's created a lot of buzz with guys like Jeremiah Smith um, and Lillian McCoy. You know, Chance Robinson has been a major ambassador locally uh, with all those guys. He's been the he's been that guy who's been in the ear of Lillian McCoy. He's been the guy that's been in the ear of JJ and JoJo and guys like that. Uh, he was actually out there the first day, despite not playing, just kind of getting around his his boys, watching them play, and obviously throwing some Miami love around. So I think Miami's in a really good spot. I, the one thing that I like in this class, and there's a little bit of bias to it, is that there's a huge South Florida contingent that is making its way to Coral Gables in this 2024 class. A lot of the targets moving forward are kids from the, the 305 and the 954. And I think that Mario Cristobal and the staff kind of went back to their roots in a lot of different ways for this class that wasn't as star-studded nationally comparative to last year. So I think they're, they're doing a lot of good things on the, on, the, on the home front in regard to recruiting, especially with the guys that they have taken in this class among the 16 current commits. Um, so I, I I know you want to kind of get into the the, the chances that we're going to get those guys and yeah and I think Miami's in a good spot. 
Yeah, yeah, the chances is is kind of, you know, I guess what people kind of want to know. From from on a scale of 1 to 10, let's talk about the big fish, the biggest fish of them all, which is Jeremiah Smith, the the five-star out of Chaminade, Madonna, committed to Ohio State somewhat early in his process and he's taken visits to 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 several places. Um, you know, since then, including Miami, Georgia being another school as well. But uh, people just kind of want to know, what are the chances, the realistic chances that Miami has to flip Jeremiah Smith? So I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm not going to say it's a lot, but I'm going to say there's about a, a six out of ten chance that Jeremiah Smith flips the University of Miami. Uh, I think that they did a really good job on his official visit. When we talked to him, they gave a plan for for what he what is what would happen if he did eventually come to the University of Miami. They gave a blueprint of what would happen as soon as his freshman year on the field, off the field, things of that nature. And I think that they kind of showed Jeremiah Smith that this isn't just come. To, Come to Miami because we need you. Come to Miami because there's a chance you could be developed here as well. Kevin Beard has been really good in developing that relationship uh, since he was hired um, at the University of Miami. And I think that the one thing holding back Miami right now is that 5-7 and seven record. That 5-7 and seven record from last year hurts them tremendously with him. And, and, and Miami's still kind of in a Brandon Ennis type situation. And I know people want to compare Brandon Ennis's recruitment last year to JJ's in a lot of different ways. And, and they yep. throw the tweets around where he said he enjoyed pregame uh, in the first snap of that, of that uh, Florida State game that was kind of rocking at, at Hard Rock Stadium. Yes. But I don't think it's the same thing because Miami never got an official visit from Brandon Ennis last cycle. They got an official visit from JJ where he skipped out on other schools to choose to, to, to stay home for that weekend and give Miami a shot and did it in a very strategic weekend where he was with Judd Anderson, where he was with Chance Robinson, where he was around a bunch of recruits. And, and I think that that makes things more realistic with Jeremiah Smith than it did with, say, a Brandon Ennis. Um, so I think it's a, a six out of ten. If Miami comes out and wins nine, ten games next year, which is realistic with the schedule that they have, I think that, that it's an automatic flip. But okay. we don't know if Miami's at that level to where they can win that many games just yet. Yeah. So, Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about how many games uh, the Hurricanes will win this season later on in this podcast. But uh, 6 out of 10 for Jeremiah Smith, uh, it's better than 50% uh, is all I can say. <laughs> and uh, we also have – uh, another five-star. I mean, this is one of two programs in the country with three five-star players on its roster with Shamanah Madonna, which did end up winning the championship at that 2-2 Atwell 7-on-7 tournament. And that's Zaquan Patterson. Zaquan, I talked to him personally, and he had a Michigan shirt on, talked very highly about Michigan, it seems like this is maybe a two-team race, maybe a two-and-a-half with Florida State, possibly. I don't know. I feel like Miami has the inside track because they are the home team. And um, 
Adai has has done a great job of picking up where DVD left off in his recruiting, and he he loves Miami and he he wants to get down there again. But I, I think one of the telltale signs of this of this uh, of this recruitment is the fact that he didn't visit Miami uh, in June. You know, and that's that's a factor. I think that's something to consider in his recruitment. And the last place that he was at was Michigan. On a scale of one to ten, what do you think is Aquan Patterson committing to Miami? So I, I actually I, I think he spent a day at Miami um, in early June. Um, I, I think he was there very early June, and remember he was at the Mario Cristobal uh, barbecue. So so Miami's got a little bit of traction at post-spring with Saquon Patterson. So it's not too much of a red flag for me. Yes, he did go see Michigan more recently, but I think that Miami's still in a good spot, and that's why I'm going to say 7.5 out of 10, uh, okay. Saquon Patterson ends up at the University of Miami. There's still a chance that Michigan is alive here. I don't think Florida State really has a shot. Um I think that mom likes him, um, and I think that Zaquan, you know, is is giving them a shot because they've recruited Chaminade really well. Um, but overall, I, I do think this is a two-team race. That's not coming from the kid, but that's just my interpretation of this situation. Miami is home for him. And if he does commit to the University of Miami, despite, you know, really good efforts from, from Coach Adai and, and, and uh, Dennis Smith and a lot of different guys on that staff, including uh, defense coordinator Lance Guidry, it, this is, would be because of Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal has made it a focus to to contact and, and be on top of Zaquan Patterson, make him feel wanted, prioritized in this class as the heir apparent to uh, the James Williams and Cam Kinchins of the world uh, on this roster that probably won't be there sooner than later. And there needs to be some talent that comes in because you got Marquise Williams, but who else is there, right? Is Jaden Davis a guy? We don't know. We are there going to be some some corners, some bigger corners that make that transition to the back end of the defense? We don't know. You do know what you're getting with Zaquan Patterson, though, and that is a versatile monster that can play either safety spot and maybe even play in the nickel as well, kind of playing in an overhang role in a little in a few different ways, but. Uh, I, I think that Miami's in a really good spot here. Michigan is a really, really big threat. But overall, I do think Miami ends up winning out here, and that's why I have a future cast for him uh, on our, on rivals. That would be a huge get for Miami if they're able to to land Zaquan Patterson, really solidifies that safety spot for years to come if they're able to get Patterson. Uh, another player is, is Luane McCoy. You had a chance to speak to him. Over the weekend, and this is a guy who likes Miami as well, of course, committed to the rival Florida State and seems pretty solid, uh, you know, to Florida State since his commitment. Uh, but Miami is, is gaining some traction here, and Kevin Beard is, 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 is working his magic, it seems, with McCoy as well. Um, He's, he's definitely going to have some showcase games to continue to prove why he should be a part of the 
2024 class for Miami being the primary target for Miami Central, a national powerhouse. What are the chances of him flipping from the Knowles to the Canes? I'm going to go seven out of ten on this one. And, and I think this is a situation very similar to Stan Quan and Clark last year, where Miami was a little late to the game. In regard of in regard to recruiting, Canes don't want to hear that because he ended up staying with Car- the Cardinals. They, they don't want to hear that, right? But it, I do think it's a very similar situation. I think Miami is learning from that type of situation, and, and they're on the win, McCoy. They are letting him know that he is wanted here. We're not really seeing any wide receiver prospects outside of South Florida. It's JJ, it's JoJo, it's Lewayne, it's Chance, and that's really it. As, it, as it, it should be, though, right? As it should be, right? Yeah. But in years, like, tip, you know, even at the beginning of this 2024 cycle, you were seeing you were seeing kids from all over, right? You were yeah. seeing the tank kid who ended up going, you know, away. You saw Dreon Miller. You saw guys like that that came on officials. But really, there, there hasn't been any traction since those guys went away, right? It, it's really just been a focus on the South Florida top – prospects at the position and they are they are some of the best players in the country so it's not surprising that it ended up coming down to that but I do think that it's interesting that Miami hasn't added any more targets and Lewayne McCoy is still one of those top guys on the board and I think he sees that love I think I think at first you know they didn't offer until like February and at first he was frustrated and we know we, we've talked yeah. to him about it about him not getting that offer in a in a proper time frame. He was arguably the top skill position player in Dade County last season and didn't get the love from Miami early on in that process that the other Miami Gardens Ravens kids got. And I think that Miami is kind of playing playing behind a little bit there. But I think that they're catching up. They are constantly catching up. I think the seven-on-seven at the end of June where he was there in attendance really had a good tournament for Miami Central. That made That made waves. And you saw the, you know, you saw the pictures and the videos of Mario Cristobal walking in the IPF with him. Kevin Beard schooling him up a little bit. Uh, you know, the offense coordinator Shannon Dawson having conversations. So I, I like, I like where Miami's at here. Uh, we we did report that he's going to take an official during the season uh, to Miami, which is going to be big. I don't think he's going to flip until later in the season or mid-season range. So it, it's not something that I think happens soon, but I do think that there is a huge potential of it happening. I also want to put it out there that I don't think he ends up at Florida State in, at all. I think that really? it's, I think that it's probably going to end up being a UCF or a Miami battle when it is all said and done. Oh wow, interesting. What are you hearing on UCF? He has he likes the wide receivers coach, and the wide receivers coach has, has told him that he is their JJ, right? He's telling them that the same way, the same way everybody views Jeremiah Smith as the number one receiver in the country. UCF is treating Wayne McCoy like he's the number one wide receiver in the country. And that's a big thing. Wayne wants to feel wanted and UCF is making him feel wanted. Uh, Gus Malzahn has a track record of, uh, of having some good offenses over the course of his, you know, college career. And, And now UCF is a power five program. So it's not like they're the little brother anymore. They are they are a team that has legit playoff chances, and they see Luane McCoy as a early contributor there, and he knows that. And the wide receiver coach that they have has a has a really good track record of success. 
uh, been at Ole Miss. So he coached guys like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Elijah Moore. It, it's it's been a who's who, uh, you know, track record for for Coach Hurd, I believe is his last name. And Bowen kind of talked about him, um, but he also talked very very highly of Kevin Beard. Um, yeah, which which every every kid that we talk to at, at the wide receiver position seems to to do on a on a regular basis. Everybody talks highly of Kevin Beard. I talk highly of Kevin Beard every time I have a conversation with him. I feel like he's recruiting me to go to the University of Miami. He's just he just finds a way to really connect with you as a person, and the kids definitely see that. The third player that used to play for the Miami Gardens Ravens and the third play, third five-star from Shamanad Madonna, just JoJo Trader, is the other player that, you know, Miami's tracking, of course. Uh, five-star, like I said. Uh, this is a guy who was at Miami recently, worked out, and saw his buddy Ryan Mack commit uh, to the program, his his process has is been interesting as well, and it's been you know fluid. It's it's been as far as momentum is concerned, I, I guess. And Florida State seems like the, they were in the game for a while. Ohio State seemed like they created some buzz with him for for uh, a little minute when closer to when Jeremiah Smith committed where do you think he's at as far as a scale of one to ten to commit to miami miami is a nine out of ten <laughs> destination for josiah trader and i want it to be a 10 out of 10 and i'm really close to doing that but i still think yeah. Florida state is kind of lurking in the shadows a little bit i still think that there's a little bit of mutual interest there but i think he ends up at miami and i think he's the biggest of the locks of those four kids that we mentioned that Ryan Mack ending up at the University of Miami is going to be huge uh, in recruiting Josiah Trader. Chance Robinson, uh, big relationship there. Uh, Vincent Shavers, close to him. Miami is, is doing a really good job of recruiting uh, Shaman Madonna right now, in my opinion, which is helping there. And I think that if, if they were to go after like a C.J. Bailey or a Davion Gauss too, lock JoJo in because – I think that's ultimately where he ends up. It, everything has started to point in that direction. Ohio State is is not really a school that I see him really interested in. I think there was a little bit of interest about playing with JoJo with JJ once again, and maybe Brandon Ennis. Uh, but but I think that this is a two team race between Florida State and Miami, and Miami has a huge inside track uh, to JoJo, and I think he'll be the first five star commit in the class overall. Yeah, that, that is actually what I was going to ask. Um, but since you mentioned C.J. Bailey and Davion Goss, I do want to ask you a little bit more about that situation. C.J. Bailey tore it up last last weekend, and he was a big reason why Chaminade won that tournament. And his offseason has been kind of interesting as far as, you know, his development as a quarterback. Uh, I think some – have questions about his mechanics or whatnot, but the kid's a gamer and the kid knows how to extend plays and make plays in 11 on 11. And, 
you know, he's kind of, you know, jumped around a little bit as far as seven on seven teams, but he really seemed to come into his own last weekend at this uh, two, two Atwell seven on seven tournament. And then Davion Goss, we know about bullet for a while. He's always been that bulldozing running back committed to North Carolina and CJ Bailey committed to NC state. What are the chances of these guys committing to Miami? Um, because like you said, this could be an inside um, advantage if they're able to get those two players to get a Jeremiah Smith or a Zaquan or a Jojo. The big thing is you can't just take those. You can't recruit those guys just to go get other people. You have to recruit CJ and Bullet almost on their own terms, right? You, you have to recruit them as players on their own. CJ Bailey needs an opportunity to be recruited by Miami and, and be wanted for him to end up in this class. It, Miami would have to push not just on the not just on the notion that they want JJ and JoJo. It, it's it's got to be more than that. You you got to le- want a legit like if they're gonna go after a second quarterback in this class that fits that blue chip mark. That's CJ, top twenty quarterback in the country. Uh, he, he's done it on the highest of stages right? The biggest of stages, the brightest of lights. And, and I think that he's a guy that could be that Jaden Rashad to take, right? The, the the bigger name take over a guy like a Judd Anderson, right? You combine those two, you got your evaluation guy that you loved and Judd Anderson, and then you grab the guy that's a winner, uh, you know, a, probably a higher floor than a Judd Anderson uh, in this class. And I think if they do that, flip season is here. Uh, they But they got to recruit him. They got to recruit him. And if they want Davion Gauze, they can get Davion Gauze, in my opinion. I think that he is the heir right for the picking. He is a kid. When we wrote the article, when I wrote the article on the Miami Gardens Ravens pipeline, that purple machine pipeline, yeah. about a year ago, he yeah. was the cover. He was the cover picture. Him yeah. and Rod Max throwing up the U out yeah. in front of the school. So he's always loved Miami. He never wanted to go out of the state. He wanted to be a hurricane. And, and the reason is because he grew up around Rod Mack, right? Yeah. He's a Rod Mack baby. He's, he, he's, he, he's been around Miami since he was in, in, you know, like middle school, I mean, elementary school, you know? So it, overall, I think if Miami were to recruit him as one of the running backs in this class, right? I, I don't think that Chris Wheatley Humphrey uh, really inhibits you recruiting Davion Goss because he's such a different runner. And yeah. I, I don't think that Kevin Riley even inhibits you from recruiting him because Kevin Riley's more of a balanced back. He's yeah. more of like an upright runner with some big playability. Bullet has some, you know, power to him, right? He, yeah. He's got that ability to run in, in, inside the tackles. And I don't think that he needs to be given anything because he's a kid that's always grinding and worked for it. He went into Chaminade as a backup, right? He, yeah, he sure. saw that Franklin there. And John Harris, who ended up being a star for Miami Central over the last two years, and just came in and said, "I'm going to take, I'm going to take my carries," and he did. Was a first team All County selection and a Max Preps All American as a freshman. So I think he's a guy that's on prove it terms right now on his own, you know, with a chip on his shoulder, kind of in a way. And I think that if Miami were to throw a, a committable offer out to Bullet, that there would be a flip there as well. 
Yeah, I think he would be a great addition to this class, to this running back class. It totally completes the class. You have your three types of back. You got your speed runner in Hellcat Chris, and then you've got your more of an all-purpose balance back, like you said, in Kevin Riley. And then you've got your grinder, your power back in the middle with Davion Goss. I think it would be a perfect trifecta of running backs if they were able to flip bullet and cj bailey is is a very interesting one man and i think they should definitely go after him as well i totally agree with you i think just having a player like him on a national powerhouse team where you know it's it's not just the guys we mentioned either there's a ton of other guys on this team down the line that you want to you know, start to develop relationships with, um, including like a Kyle Washington, who, who tore it up as well last weekend. So I, I think it, it would definitely behoove this program to start to go after him, especially with this quarterback class in 2024, Frank. I mean, we kind of talked a bit, talked about this off camera that there's not really a lot of guys left, you know, as far as this 2024 class. And, yeah, there, there is some interest there with Trevor Jackson, who's now at Jones, who, you know, will be playing, you know, some big-time games this season. I think Jones has a really good chance to make the state championship game. They probably should have been in it last year. Um, uh, they lost in the, in the semifinal to, to Homestead. Um, so that that's the other quarterback that, that I know Miami – is looking at and maybe and he just got offered by Oklahoma, right? He just got yeah. offered by Oklahoma. It, it, like it, the competition is becoming tougher and tougher if you right. want to get into the race with Trevor Jackson. And, and remember, he hasn't visited Miami yet. There's really no, there's no inside track to Trevor Jackson. Really, I, I know he's right. at Jones and Miami's recruited some guys at Jones, and, and but overall, it, it's not easy to go get Trevor Jackson right now. You were late to the party. You weren't the first power five. There were a number of schools that were already on him. He was yeah. in California visiting UCLA when he got the offer. So there's some familiarity there already more than Miami. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that, if there's really a shot there. And, and you said we spoke about it. The top 28 quarterbacks are already committed to a school. Yeah. And many of them are not budging on, on, a potential flip, even like a yeah. Ryan Puglisi, who's committed to Georgia out of the Connecticut area, right? Which Miami has some familiarity with. But I think that if you want a top quarterback, CJ Bailey fits the mold. He's a local guy. He's going to be a three-time state champion. He has the chance to be a national champion this year if if Chaminade runs the table. Like you said, there's talent outside of just his 2024 class that he is a he is a, a you know, a, a pinpoint uh, reason why they would they would be interested in Miami. Da Daenerys Gray is now a chum and on. He's a top target for Miami uh, sure. as one of the younger players. Uh, defensively, they're going to have some guys. It helps with C.J. Ewald, who we saw ball out this weekend, and sure. it's just getting longer and better. Uh, honestly, I, I I think it's it's such a it's such a bad idea not to recruit C.J. Yeah. Bailey. He is. He is, he's a kid at six foot six with dual threat ability. He's improving as a passer. We saw him throwing some really tight windows this past weekend. 
We saw him throw for over 3,000 yards last year uh, on a tough schedule, over 40 touchdowns overall. He's a take for me. Yeah, he's a take for me too. And some other players that this week that are committing, we'll get to these guys quickly to see if they are going to be takes or, or these kids are going to commit to Miami. We've got Jaden Jackson uh, here on Wednesday uh, that will be committing later on this afternoon. And uh, also Caleb Odom uh, later in the week on the 15th. And then also uh, Teddy Foster uh, tomorrow, um, the safety out of Sarasota. So uh, just quickly, um, Miami doesn't have a lot of juice, let's say, with these players. Um, I think I th it seems that all three of these players are kind of long shots right now. Uh, what are the chances, you know, you think Miami lands first, Jaden Jackson? I don't think Jaden Jackson ends up here. If you would have asked me a month ago, I, I when I put the I put the future cast in, I think in May, I think he ends up in Miami. But things kind of tapered off, right? He he, he started taking visits to schools like Ohio State, Texas. Uh, yeah. I think Oklahoma even got a visit out of him. It, he. I think he ends up in. I think he ends up in Texas. I think he I ends up in Texas. Thing I was gonna. I was. I was gonna say the same thing. I think he ends up in Texas. Yeah, I think Texas did a really good job of recruiting him, um, and I think he liked Miami. Remember, there's that Samoan connection as well with Joe Salvea. There's the IMG connection. You got Jaden Wayne, who he's familiar with. You got Riley Williams. You got Antonio Tripp. You, you know, you got you got some guys in the program that he already knows. And Miami's recruiting David Stone, who they're close with. But I, I think that – I think it just – it kind of fell off over the last few weeks. And I don't think that he ends up at Miami, unfortunately. Yeah, it doesn't seem that way. And also Jared Gibson, his teammate, is uh, at Texas as well, uh, plays a factor. Um, the, the next kid is uh, Teddy Foster, who Miami jumped in late of the game here uh, – just offered him in June a couple of weeks ago, and all of a sudden he's in. Uh, he's added Miami to his his top three school list. Uh, chances of him? Uh, I, think zero, I think zero percent. I think zero <laughs> percent. I, I think that Miami is going to be waiting on Zaquan Patterson at the safety position. I don't think that there is many. I don't think there's many kids that they're going to be recruiting at defensive back going forward, going forward that's not named Jalen Hayward and Zaquan Patterson. So I think that Miami's close to being done at that defensive back position. The main focus going forward is going to be wide receiver and defensive line with Chris Cole at linebacker as another guy that um, could end up in this class. But I, I don't see Teddy Foster ending up in Miami. Yeah, me either. I think it's a long shot. Um, and then uh, Caleb Odom, uh, the outstanding tight end out of Georgia. Um, hearing some buzz about Alabama, uh, but, hey, it's a tight end, and Miami's tight end you, and you can never really count Miami out when it comes to tight end. So what say you on Caleb Odom? His, his story is constantly changing. At one point it was Miami. At one point it was Ole Miss. At one point it was Miami again. Then it was Alabama. Now it's people don't really know, right? It, it, I I think Miami still has a chance here. This is the one that intrigues me a little bit. Out of those three, they like Caleb Odom. He would be a perfect complement to 
to an Elijah Lofton who's already in the class. Elijah Lofton, more of an H-back type player, 6'2", 220 pounds, good athleticism, but a really good blocker. Uh, Caleb Odom could be that flexed-out guy, that, that Kyle Pitts type player in this air raid offense. Uh, you know, more of a Jaleel Skinner type player that they would be adding, um, a jumbo wide receiver of sorts. And I think that Miami's still got a chance. I don't think that he ends up at Miami. I think it ends up being Alabama, like you said. But do not be surprised if there's a late push from Miami here. Um, I think he commits on the 15th, right? Yeah, 15th. Yeah, the 15th. So we'll see. We'll see that with, you know, Miami made a late, a real late push with uh, Elias Rudolph and uh, almost, almost went out there. So it, it, we could see the same thing happen with Caleb Odom uh, because Miami, Miami knows that they're, that they have to get the momentum going. They're sitting at 16 commits right now. You, you, you know, you're probably going to get nine or 10 more in this class. That doesn't include transfer portal kids, at, you know, in December. I think that Caleb Odom's a guy that they're very high on. And I think, that a late surge could be potential there. Miami currently has the 20th ranked class on rivals.com, but uh, football season's coming up here and Miami did a great job in getting transfers. I mean, like the, the additions have been ridiculous and the team that I compare Miami to is USC from last season as far as the number of impact players that they've added to this football team. And, and I know that that uh, probably puts a smile on a lot of hurricanes fans faces because USC went 11 and three last season uh, and made it to a, a cotton bowl uh, last, last year. They did lose in, in that game. It was one of the, I, I think one of the best games of the year last year against two, uh, two lane. And, this season seems very similar to them. And, and for me, Frank, I feel like 11 and three is their ceiling. Like that's, that would be, that would be an outstanding season. And if they do, Hey, JJ may, may very well uh, flip from uh, Ohio state to Miami. Um, if they win 11 games, if they yeah. win 11 games, they'll get whatever, whatever recruit that they want. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think Camarion Franklin is coming. I think, uh, you know, JoJo and JJ. I think watch out for like a Colin Simmons. I think watch out for like a Colin Simmons. I think watch out for a David Stone. I think watch out. Anybody Miami wants to get at that point, I think that they get. That, yeah. that's, that's, how, that's how much potential a double-digit win season it, it is for Miami. There is a lot of good things that can happen this season. There's a lot of bad things that could happen this season. This is a fork in the road, fork in the road year for Miami with Mario Cristobal. This could be the beginning of, of Oregon, or this could be what happened at FIU, right? Where, <laughs> where things went down quickly. So yeah, we'll I see. think a lot, a lot of it has to do with TVD, man. And, and just really, if he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy the entire season, then 11 and three is very much possible. I think because this offensive line is going to be better than last year. Uh, let, let's just, you know, call it what it is. With Matt Lee in the middle, uh, with the Javion Cohen, Francis Malcoa, um, a, a veteran Jalen Rivers, and and uh, Inez Cooper, who has got all the potential in the world. I think this offensive line also has depth now 
And if one of those guys goes down, you, you got guys that can that can play with experience. You got a new offense that should be revitalized. We talked about it pretty much at nauseum uh, this offseason, just how Shannon Dawson off, offense can really re- revitalize this program. The numbers do say so. Uh, Clayton Toon passed for 4,000 yards last season. And Tyler Van Dyke has a chance to do so. You got receivers and Tyler Harrell and, and um, you know, new, new receivers and in, in Shamar Kirk as well. Uh, Kobe Young is, is due for a step-up year. Uh, Xavier Strepo is playing with an extreme chip on his shoulder because last season didn't go like he wanted to with the injury. Jacoby George is looking to prove himself. Uh, to be that guy. And and then on defense was really kind of your strength of your team last season. The defensive line, you can argue, is better than last season um, with the the young additions uh, to, to that D-line. Jafari Harvey is another guy who's looking to prove himself to up his stock for the NFL draft, as well as Akeem Mesidor. Francisco Malgoa is probably one of the best acquisitions when it comes to the transfer portal him and Devonte brown are going to be immediate impact players and then you know i didn't even talk about arguably the best player on the team well really not arguably the best player on the team in cameron kitchens and the best recruit on the team in james williams so those guys at the back end with the new defensive coordinator, Lance Gidry, who puts an emphasis on defensive backs. I think that unit gets way better. I, I think this team really legit has a chance to go 11-3 and three like USC did because, hey, USC, um, actually don't know what their record was bef- the, the season before, but it was a pretty – actually, it was five five games, I believe, that they – five or six games that they won uh, the, 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 the year prior. And then you inject a new offense with Lincoln Riley, which is kind of similar to Shannon Dawson's offense, and you inject so many players. They, they There were so many impact players that they injected into that football program that – led to 11 wins i'm not guaranteeing it by any stretch but all i'm saying is that there's a chance frank there's there's a chance that miami can legit win 11 games do i think they more so fall within the seven eight nine range yes i think they fall in uh, somewhere within that range but the 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 sky i guess is is for me is 11 wins like USC. I, I agree with you that the potential is there to, to do that. Now, the difference is Caleb Williams winning the Heisman, right? And TVD coming off a season where he was benched. So we're going to have to see TVD, right? That's the biggest X factor. You said it already. For me, the expectations are Brad Kaya's last year, where Miami won, I believe it was nine games. I think they went nine and four that season, won a bowl game against West Virginia. Last they, time they won a bowl game. Yeah, and I think that was the beginning of, of a rise for, for Mark Rick. Um, so uh, 
I would love to just see that. I, I'd love to see nine wins, eleven wins. You, oh man, we won the Super Bowl <laughs> if if eleven wins happen. I that would be that would be so big for Miami to win eleven games because I when was the last time that happened? What two thousand three, two thousand four, or something like that? Yeah. So if it, 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 that would be huge, but nine wins I think is a huge step in the right direction. It writes the ship. It gets everybody off Mario because you know recruiting is going to be pumping. That's an easy top ten class if you win nine games and, and you see some and if you see some production out of those receivers as well, which is something that Jeremiah Smith so, spoke about. He wants to see how the receivers do in the Shannon Shannon Dawson offense and Geno Smith keeps keeps uh, keeps you know the love with Miami really there, which I think is kind of interesting with the JJ situation. He's commented on some of our stuff on Twitter a little bit. Uh, yeah. Every time we post something on JJ in Miami, he's been at Miami working out. Um, I know that there was some drama there because he brought, uh, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, to practice, and he's an Ohio State receiver. But I don't think that's a big deal. Um, but overall, I, I like where Miami is um, with how they're going to do offensively this year. Like you said, the offensive line is completely retooled. Uh, I think this offense is, is going to be – Really good. It's going to be a really good thing, a really good change for this receiving core, including guys like Jacoby George and Isaiah Horton, who are going to surprise some people this year. Rashard yeah. Smith is going to have a chance to revitalize his career. Defensively, everything I heard is that Lance Godry is is a he's a the bright spot of this coaching staff out of the spring because he has completely changed this defense. That. Everything I heard was there was a lot of confusion last year. Uh, you know, you even got into it with Kevin Steele. You know, once uh, about <laughs> yeah. the, the lack of the lack of consistency and being able to stop the big plays. And I don't think that's going to be a, an issue this year with the University of Miami defensively. And I love listen. This guy's a power five coach. Uh, if some things don't happen earlier in his career, this is one of the better defensive coordinators and better defensive minds in all of college football. And I don't care what the resume looks like. I know what the resume looks like from a number standpoint on where he's been and what he's done. And, and he's going to do a really good job. Miami, I think, wins. The, the over-under for me is eight and a half. And, and, and I think that they hit. I think they hit nine wins this year. And the ACC ACC, right? It's Clemson is going to be good. We know that. Florida State's probably going to be good. Is Wake yeah. Forest going to be all right post Sam Hartman? Is what's NC State with the new quarterback? Uh, Boston College is Boston College. Virginia lost to Miami without a touchdown last year. Georgia Tech is what is Georgia Tech going to be? It's still Georgia Tech. You're in the middle of Atlanta. Nobody really cares about that. So it's Miami's in a position where Louisville is down, right? I think that they have a chance to have a really good season and change the change the direction of where things are going after a five and seven season in a big way. Totally agree with you. And the last time the Hurricanes did win eleven games was two thousand and three. So officially twenty years since Miami's won eleven. They're due. Games. <laughs> They're due. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are definitely due. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. Subscribe to the website, most importantly, canescounty.com. You see it scrolling at the bottom there for free. Use the promo code Miami30. We'll continue to bring you 
inside information when it comes to recruiting as well as the team as well. So uh, tune, tune in next time for the next episode of the Storm Tracker Podcast.